Hello everyone, welcome to another Ismono podcast. I was actually supposed to have a talk with a guest who unfortunately had to take a rain check and therefore I will record a podcast on my own which I will release right away on the following days. I record this on a Friday, a Friday and I will publish it on this Monday and what I will do is I do a little bit of a Q&A and I ask on Patreon and on Instagram and on YouTube for a couple of Q&A questions and I will start with a couple of questions from my Patreon and the first question is from Serial Freak which I did a podcast a few weeks ago that you, yeah, you can check it out on my podcast channel, of course. And he asked, how did you get into film editing? What types of clients do you usually work with? Um, I got into film editing. Um, I started an internship at a film production company. I actually didn't really know where my life is heading to uh, back then when I was younger. I actually thought I wanted to do something with music, but um, the only school that had the classes that I was interested in was a private school, which was quite expensive. And therefore I wasn't able to actually go to that school. So I was looking for other creative media ways to yeah become something that potentially interests me i didn't know what i wanted to do actually i just knew always knew that i am fairly good at tech and at learning everything that is surrounded by tech and media um so i saw this ad in a magazine for a film production company as an intern and I just applied and fortunately I was yeah um, not sure what the right word is but I was hired as an intern in that film production company I started as an assistant as a producer assistant and then I became because I was so good with computers and tech I became the assistant of the IT manager and the person and assistant to the person that edited all of the showreels. Showreels are basically just um, videos. Let's simplify it like that. Simple uh, videos where you see a lot of clips or ads from a director or films from a director that and that showreel, this, this video that was back then on tape that you send over to a client or to an advertising agency to basically um, yeah, showcase that director and his or her work. And back then you basically needed to edit all of those films onto that videotape, which was back then a U-Matic or a Beta SP. And you edited everything on this table that was linear editing which means right now you can take a video clip and then cut it in between put something in the middle and def, uh, and continue like that or push apple or command z to um, redo or undo whatever you did back then you couldn't do that you had to linearly 
<coughs> excuse me you have to linearly edit all of those clips back to back to back to back and if you did a mistake you had to completely start all over again and yeah that's how i started editing the first videotapes not really clips or um anything then came final cut it was i think it was final cut five or something so really old and i learned on that then on avid and more and more i got interested in editing but also in directing and filmmaking overall and i didn't really know where i wanted to head in that in which direction so but editing was the easiest because back then film cameras were very difficult to get by um and very expensive then being a director is also very difficult so yeah i kept doing editing but i also started to do a lot of photo shootings the first dslr came out that actually was able to shoot video many people thought that or think that it was canon but it was actually nikon who did the first dslr that was able to record video that was the D5100 and the D90, that were, were the two cameras. The competition from Canon was the Rebel series back then, but the Rebel didn't, wasn't able to record video. So because I saw all of that, I really liked to shoot with DSLRs. And then fortunately enough, I started with Fuji, then with Nikon and Nikon had the video mode and I started making video films. And yeah, so that way it progressed more and more into me becoming an editor. And that's, yeah, over 20 years ago. Um, right now I'm, this is the, f no, already, it's 23 years ago. And now I am 15 years being a freelance film editor. And the second part of the question is what are my clients? I have a lot of clients in the fashion industry. Um, I also do a lot of cars, but not that much anymore. Um, what else? What are all other clients? Um, I did one for, for Miele last year, a big campaign for Miele. Then um, for a soda drink that I can't disclose at the moment that will be a global ad coming out, I think, in April. Um, yeah, so those are predominantly my advertising clients that I added. So the next question is from Aaron Radcliffe from Nomads Nation. Um, not sure if you covered this before, but how... Did you get started with karyology? Um, this is this is a story that I tell a lot, but I can I always like to retell it. Actually, um, my first let's say proper no, that's not right. My first backpack was a very cheap. The backpack that I was interested in and that I intentionally bought because I liked the styling was a cheap military style backpack. And I, back then I carried around an Apple PowerBook, which I saved so long for that computer. And that, 
that computer was in that backpack. And I was actually kind of, I was at the office. The office had fortunately had carpeted floors. I was swinging that backpack onto my shoulders and the shoulder strap, it tore apart and sent the bag flying to the ground um, from I'm 100 centimeters, I, I'm 170 centimeters tall. So I would say from about a height of 150 centimeters. Um, so it was right at the swing and then it fell to the ground. Fortunately, again, it was carpeted floor and the power book only got dented at the corner. It still worked fine, but wow, that gave me a scare um, you can't imagine. I was very young, so and I didn't earn that much money and I invested, I saved up so much money for that power book. And yeah, that was scary. So I thought, okay, I need to get a proper backpack. And I saw so many um, on Tumblr and um, what else, on other blogs. I saw Gorok quite a lot, but it was so expensive with international shipping. Just international shipping alone was 80 euros. And then you had to factor in custom uh, fees. So I thought, okay, I can't afford that back. And I had, I looked around which brands in that kind of styling were available in Europe or in Germany. And um, I found 511 and, oh, what's the name? Triple Ort Design, the Fast Pack Light. The Fast Pack Light was also very expensive. And back then, did not, and I still believe that they still do not have a laptop slot in there. They do not have a laptop slot in the Fast Pack series. So I opted for the 511 uh, Rush 12. I bought that one. It, it only, in air quotation marks, only cost uh, 99, Euro, 99 euros, um, which back then for me, I was like, I was uninformed, right? I was not in the bag enthusiast world yet. And I thought like, wow, that's expensive, but I'm not gonna risk my power book getting damaged again. And I see this military styling and I was highly convinced this thing will not break. And it didn't break at all. I still have it, I still use it. No, that's not right. I have used it, I have too many bags. I, all bags are in rotation, but I am fairly confident that that bag will hold up a lifetime. I bought that one, I used it for a year, and I was very aware of the fact that buying these kinds of bags, investing that kind of money is worth it. And I've seen the build quality and the usability of that bag, but I've also seen oh all of that moly looks so military it's yeah it's it felt out of place in an office environment and therefore i thought like oh i want something military but i want also something that doesn't attract too much attention due to all of the moly so i was like okay 
I don't care, I'm gonna buy that Gorok GR0. Fortunately, I found a friend who also wanted to buy something from Gorok, and we were able to split at least the shipping fees, right? I bought that one and I thought, okay, with that money that I spent in that for that bag, let's do something about it. Also, before I bought it, I was looking for a lot of reviews. Obviously, I wanted to be 100% sure that when I spent that much money, I would not buy something that is not great. So I was looking for reviews. I couldn't find... I was able to find a lot of reviews, but I couldn't find a review that that was very visually appealing or wasn't like three, uh, 30 minutes long because back then most of the reviews were like, okay, here's the backpack, I put it on my table, I have the camera here, and then I'm just talking for 30 minutes straight. So I wasn't able to find a, a video review that was appealing and entertaining to me. And I thought, Okay, all of these people tell me that the bag is good, I believe them, but let me do my own spin on that. And I recorded that video, um, my infamous uh, GR0 video that started it all. And someone from Karyology saw that video and was contacting me and said, hey, do you want to do some more videos? Can we post that video on Karyology.com? And I was like, sure. And from there, they started to get in contact with brands who then sent over those bags to Germany for me to check out and to review. And yeah, that's how I started as a contributor for Karyology. For the past two years, I didn't send over that many of my videos to Karyology, not because we had a falling out or anything, but basically because... I did not feel that my videos actually contributed that much to Karyology. In those two years, three years, we had the lockdown, we had Corona, right? And I wasn't able to go out and properly test backpacks or even travel. I didn't, I haven't traveled. Up to now, I haven't traveled at all. Um, I just traveled for a weekend trip to my in-laws for Christmas, but overall I didn't travel at all. So there weren't any chances to properly test bags. So I only did first impressions, quick looks, or reviews maybe of a sling bag. Um, so personally, I did not feel that these quick looks or first impressions actually had a place at Karyology, which is the reason why I paused or stopped sending over those videos to Karyology. That's the only reason why you don't see any of my videos lately on Karyology. Um, but I hope that 2023 will be a little bit better and I have some more videos to be posted on Karyology. All right, so let's do the next questions that I had on um, Instagram. So the first question from DZXMR, why bags? How are, how are the dogs and best bag ever in your opinion? Okay, let's start, um, let's start with a sad one. Uh, how are the dogs? Woody is great. He's an awesome dog and he's doing really great. Happy unfortunately passed away last year in 
August. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tough topic for me actually. Um, I miss her a lot. She, I totally forgot. Is she sixteen or eighteen? She turned eighteen, I think. Uh, she was eighteen years old, so she had a really good life. Um, but yeah, she was getting old, and therefore. Yeah, she isn't with us anymore, and again, I miss her a lot. She was a great dog, and yeah. Um, yeah, next part of that question, why bags? Yeah, it's basically the answer is coming from the answer how I got into karyology. The first bag broke, and then just snowballed from there buying the first proper bag then another expensive bag and i did more and more of these videos and what i really like about bags is actually they really underline that we all are different and have different needs for i always say most of these bags are incredible and even though that i intentionally search for trade-offs or flaws and start to nitpick those nitpicking and that nitpicking and those flaws and trade-offs apply to me to my personal needs a different person has completely different needs as completely has a different body height body frame and therefore that bag might be not suited for that person um, and that just underlines that we are also different and bags just show that this bag might be great for that person but not great for this person so that's why i find bags so interesting um let me just grab a drink um then what was the next part best bag in your opinion oh that's so difficult i mean I'm just going to skip that question because there are so many good bags. <laughs> All right, the next question um, from Steven, also one of my Patreons, but oh no, my monitor turned off. Um, one of my Patreons, but he posted that question on Instagram. Um, if you are not doing your dream job at the moment, what would it be? Um, good question. I So being a film editor already by itself is my dream job and I love it. Um, dream project would be... Hmm... A fun storytelling commercial, maybe for a tech company like Samsung or Apple. Nike would also be pretty cool. Um, yeah, a big brand or a fashion. I really like fashion because you can get really creative. And yeah, any any big fashion, Levi's, well, that would be cool. Levi's, having a Levi's commercial on my reel would be cool. And at some point in the future, I really want, I know that it might be, some some might scoff at that, but, and it sounds shallow, um, just the film itself, but if I could edit just a scene 
or a part of a feature film. It would be a stupid action film like Fast and the Furious, and I want to edit one action scene. That's just that, that's completely bonkers with cars flying around, explosions, fight scenes. I just want to edit one scene <laughs> in one of those movies because I find it so interesting. Um, yeah. Then, if money was no object, what would you buy? <sighs> that's also a really difficult question. At the moment, at, that's this is stupid because uh, this is... Yeah, just for the moment, and, and it, it is something obtainable. I'm not that mater materialistic. I don't need anything that is really expensive where I only could buy it if I be rich. But at the moment, I would love to have a Samsung Fold 4. Um, just because I'm interested in that phone, my other Samsung phone is still working fine. The Bluetooth is a little bit... Uh, out of order but other than that it works fine so i don't need a new phone but i would love a fold 4 um i would love to rebuild my motorcycle completely if i had unlimited money i would totally change the bike um because i mean people say why don't you buy a new bike because this is my first bike it is my first and only big purchase that I ever made um, and it's my only vehicle that I actually bought also the engine is amazing so to me I tested so many bikes and nothing comes close to the fun factor of this motorcycle engine so I would just love to change the appearance of the bike completely if money wouldn't be no object so next question from OG Talks, who I talked to in another podcast episode as well. What's one brand that you've consistently been impressed by over the years? Um, I assume this is back related, so I will say Black Amber. I feel like that they always have a very refreshing design aesthetic and yeah they they look at bags differently in a way they the bags always are different you can like them you can hate them but you can't deny that these bags are different than what we're used to they're very well made they are very well thought out um yeah i like what they're doing obviously if some of you watched my tks review um there are bags that don't work for me. The TKS sling, yeah, it didn't work for my personal use case, but it's still a great bag. It looks great. It is well-made. And the features are so refreshing and different. That's why I think Black Amber is one of the most interesting brands that I can think of. So, and the next questions are from youtube the last two um where are they so from william what is one thing you think bag makers could generally do better good question um 
choosing the right fitlocks for the right purpose. Yeah, I, I have this video on my channel. Um, I don't like fitlocks. That's what it's called. And I feel brands really choose a lot of fitlock types just because they are, let's say, a novelty. They are cool. They are, it's awesome to fidget around with them. You like the mechanism is cool. But for instance, in a sling where one shoulder strap is holding this very important bag that probably carries your wallet, your phone, your keys, is held uh, closed by a fitlock that can easily be accidentally opened just by bumping against it. And I I'd wish that brands would choose the proper hardware more carefully in specific items or for instance sternum straps there are sometimes i don't know a good example yet but there are some sternum straps that are attached to the rail system on the shoulder strap um, that they sometimes detach they have this this really cool um, um it's it's like rail and then there is then they are hooked to this rail with this kind of it kind of reminds me do you know those um the hands of lego figures it's kind of like that and then they clamp against this rail of the uh, shoulder straps and they detach quite easily and then you lose your sternum strap and yeah i feel like I understand that there are sometimes you want to have a cool design, you want to have a cool piece of hardware on your bag, but yeah, I, th I think sometimes the, the brand needs to choose the proper hardware more carefully, especially when it comes down to fitlocks. V-buckle style fitlocks for me are the best. They don't detach that easily by themselves, but still have this cool self-closing magnetic mechanism. And yeah, that's why I really like those fitlocks. But then there are so many other fitlocks. Yeah, they they just open up too easily. And yeah, I don't really like that. Um the next question is from Ryan. If I remember correctly, you have some interest in firearms. Do you incorporate that into your EDC? And if so, what kind of gear do you use? Um, unfortunately, um, I have to say you remembered incorrectly. <laughs> I don't... Uh, what did you say? I am not interested in firearms specifically. I think I don't mind firearms. Um, I think they, it, yeah, they are interesting, but I, yeah, I don't own a firearm, especially due to the um, laws in Germany. I'm not interested in owning a firearm. I am heavily invested in martial arts, so I am a very uh, big advocate of being able to protect yourself, to defend yourself, to... I always uh, say you need to run, but there will be situations and I have come across those situations, unfortunately, when I was younger and I wasn't able to do martial arts where you will be 
beaten up. Um, I've had that happen to me one and a half times. And I say half time because I just got hit and I was able to run away. Um, so I always say run away, but there will be times where you have to defend yourself. And yeah, I am always saying I am an advocate of being able to defend yourself. That being said, I don't... Personally, for me personally, um, I don't think a firearm is the right solution um, because I think that's also something I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about. That's a very ethical and philosophical question. I'm not sure if I could live with myself if I would use a firearm in defense and hurt or kill someone. Um, yeah, that's, that's very philosophical and that's just me. I'm not sure if I could handle that. Um, or I'm pretty sure I couldn't handle that. So I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't own a firearm even if I, we would be allowed in Germany. Um, yeah, that's, so I, I don't own a firearm. I'm not planning to <laughs> own a firearm, especially due to the loss. Um, and I am more in line of being able to punch someone in the face or do a teep uh, which is a front kick <laughs> or a low kick i can do i think i can do that fairly decently i think i will get punched in the face as well but i i'm pretty sure i could do some damage that we both are damaged if i would get attacked at least i believe so um but the first thing i would do is run away actually um yeah so those were my answers to all of the questions on Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube. And thanks everyone for submitting the questions. I'm actually now about to go to a podcast with Jet from uh, Perfect Pack and talk to him a little bit about other stuff. And that episode will be first on Patreon. And in a couple of weeks, you will hear that episode here on the YouTube channel. And No, not on the YouTube channel. Um, the video versions usually are only Patreon only, but you will hear that episode for free on my podcast channel in the future. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and stay safe and healthy, everyone. Thank you very much.